We are geek-centric, and you can be too. What's up, geeks, and welcome back to the Geek-Centric Podcast. My name is Justin, and today we're going to be talking about all the announcements, all the highlights, and the first looks from today's Disney Plus Day Showcase. But before we get to that, if you're joining us for the first time, this is a podcast that covers the world of film, television, gaming, toys, collectibles, and all things geek-centric. Joining me for today's episode, as always, my lovely co-hosts, one's tall, one's short, but both are boastful. We got Nate Shelton and Kevin Hudson. (laughs) How are you, boys? What what Disney Plus characters are tall and short and boastful? Are we not Chip and Dale? That's for sure. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. see, in my experience, is Chip and Dale's is is dancing uh, shirtless. So this right, is, this yes, is in far your more... experience. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I remember when you had that job. Paid well. <laughs> Paid well. <laughs> well, happy Disney Plus Day to you guys. Happy Disney Plus Day yeah, to you. When, when are we going to have a Geek Centric Plus Day? You oh know? my gosh, <laughs> we have to launch Geek Centric Plus first. Yeah, there we yeah. go. <laughs> I guess when we matter enough, I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> um, but let's not waste any time. There's a lot to talk about, so let's get oh right gosh. into it. Um, so as I mentioned at the top of the show, we'll be recapping some of the exciting announcement first looks and highlights from today's Disney Plus Day shenanigans. And for those who might be wondering, what the hell is Disney Plus Day? Well, allow me to catch you up to speed. Today, November 12th, is Disney Plus Day, a special event that celebrates the streaming service's second anniversary with new premieres and features. The celebration includes a series of big streaming releases and unique perks for members. Many new movies and shows are now available to stream on Disney Plus Day. All subscribers can watch the highly anticipated Marvel movie, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, in both a standard aspect ratio and a newly announced IMAX extended aspect ratio, first time ever. This includes a variety of other Marvel movies as well that have this uh, aspect ratio option, like Iron Man, Guardians, Doctor Strange, Civil War, Infinity War, and Endgame, to name a few. Also, Jungle Cruise is available to stream as of today, so no more premiere access is needed. If you're a member, you can watch this for free. Also today, Disney released a variety of new content, which included a Simpsons short celebrating the Disney Plus anniversary, season two of The World According to Jeff Goldblum, the making of Shang-Chi, a part of the ongoing Marvel Assemble series, a new episode was added to Marvel Legends, showcasing the history of Hawkeye, and just in time for the holiday season, and just in time for the holidays, Disney released their straight-to-streaming service movie, Home Sweet Home Alone, which we had a chance to watch and review, so check that out before you subject yourself to that movie. And they also <laughs> released uh, they also released a Boba Fett documentary, uh, some Olaf shorts. There's a whole bunch of stuff. There's, there's a lot there for you to enjoy. You will not be disappointed. But the main highlight for us was that also... Today, Disney Plus offered a sneak peek at upcoming movies and shows through their social platforms of Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Boy, did they not disappoint. Now, while there was a lot announced, we won't be talking about everything here today, but I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on some of what was announced outside of the obvious reasons of why we are doing this episode. So we will be (laughs) reserving the last portion of our discussion around the Pixar, Star Wars, and Marvel announcements. But before we even just jump into all that stuff, 
maybe for like an impromptu whatcha, what did you guys check out on Disney Plus Day that was that was dropped? Nate, why don't we start with you? For sure. I, I, you know, I started my Disney Plus Day uh, in a way that I, I honestly didn't expect, which was with the Simpsons in Plus Aversary. Um, you know, getting started with the Simpsons. I, I think it's it's crazy that you know they still don't have the original voice talent, but to see what Disney is allowing with their IP is blowing my mind. Goofy drinking a Duff beer is crazy <laughs> yeah. to me. Yeah, but I enjoyed wild. it so much. Um, I would love to see more like full episodes. I don't know, man. I just want more of it because it was it was great. It was really well done. Yeah, this was definitely their their best um, use of the, the the property that they have. I think. Um, yeah, I would have loved it to be a bit longer. Uh, I do want to say who was voicing Donald Duck there because that was just the was worst rough. Donald of all time. <laughs> <Right. laughs> yeah. yeah, not too great. <laughs> yeah, I also started my Disney Plus day watching that short. Um, I also checked out the uh, Boba Fett documentary, Under the Helmet, uh, The Legacy of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I thought it was just kind of a, a real nice, like I think even Nate used the word when we were talking offline, it's a uh, primer. Uh, going into yes. the book of Boba Fett, right? So yeah, ahead. and I love I love how it kind of goes into helping mo- like more audiences, maybe outside of Star Wars, understand the character, understand the hype behind the character. I mean, they they say it in the in the special, but he had four lines of dialogue in the original yeah. Star Wars movie. How did this guy become so cool? And I think. It's almost the, and they kind of talk about this, it's the fact that nobody knew anything about him, about him that yeah. made him so cool. And I, I think it's uh, it's fantastic. I love how they celebrate, they take a moment to celebrate Jeremy Bullock, uh, who we lost, uh, I believe, last year, uh, yes. and his devotion to the character and to his fans. Uh, and then we also see Daniel Logan, who played the young Boba Fett in Attack of the Clones, mm-hmm. uh, and he's still hyped as ever to be to be talking about his <laughs> time uh, as Boba Fett. And, and yeah, it just sort of just sets up the Boba Fett series really, really well uh, in a way that's similar to like the Marvel Studios Legends series mm-hmm. where like mm-hmm. it kind of gets audiences ready. You know? Yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. It was, a, it was a great primer. I think that, you know, we've always talked about how there's such a mystery around Boba Fett and that is sort of what works to his advantage of why he became so popular. Like there was not a lot of information about him that was really known. So it's it's going to be interesting to see, obviously, how the book of Boba Fett is going to kind of flush out some character details with him. And I think that this was a nice sort of way for, for us to get reintroduced to his, you know, sort of mysterious past and, and how legacy. he has found his way, his legacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. So yes, very good with the words. There you are. Um, <laughs> cool, guys. Well, uh, the, all of that stuff is available to watch. There's so much more that we obviously haven't been able to to watch yet on Disney+. Plus. But before we get into some of those, those big highlights and, and some of those reveals, I kind of want to start by talking about the presentation. Uh, as mm-hmm. we all know, the world's a different place thanks to the pandemic. Yeah. And many more platforms are opting to do these online events. Just this past year, we had Netflix's Tadum and and DC's fandom. They, they were both very extravagant. And last year we had, you know, Disney's Investor Day, which was really well produced event. But, you know, with that in mind, everyone's got their eyes on on this platform, Disney. They're the king of platforms. You know, they're the home of Disney, Marvel, Lucasfilm, Pixar, and now 20th Century. So there's a lot riding on it. But did you guys enjoy this sort of style of event where it was like a social media dump? Or would you have rathered a more produced event like a Tadum or a Fandom? See, I mean, I, I'm i kind of going back and forth on it. Because one part of me loves the fact that even though I wasn't there for when the content actually dropped, I was actually out. You know, it was it's one of those things where 
getting home and being able to watch it on my time. I really appreciated that. I really liked that. Now, could I have done that if they had done like a big event live stream? I guess I, I guess I could have. He did. Um, yeah, see, I, yeah. I would have preferred something a bit more curated with maybe a host right. calling to the different things, you know, and cutting away to those clips of different casts from different productions sort of hyping up their products. I just think some sort of narration throughout would have would have helped make it feel like an even bigger deal. Right, because I'm sure there's a lot that, that if people just tune in just to what's on Disney+, Plus, they've missed. You know what I mean? A lot of announcements, a lot of stuff that didn't have footage necessarily, but had pictures. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there. Like to, to sort of culminate it into that one spot would have been really nice. Even maybe even getting it on YouTube to a certain degree, not necessarily the, the content that released, but the trailers and the previews as a an overall celebratory stream to sort of invite people to subscribe to Disney Plus rather than, you know, you have to sort of go out and find it on Twitter or find it through a Facebook post or something along those yeah, lines. And, and until you sent us that link of that that one article from D23 yeah. itself where everything was finally in one spot it was i did find myself having to go here and then here and then here to find all the different clips and whatnot so yeah just something a bit more streamlined i think even if it was an hour long presentation sure be dope yeah. well i'm i'm kind of on the fence i i was i i knew that the primary platform that they were releasing this information was the disney plus twitter facebook and instagram with that there was cross announcements with actors who, you know, could finally say things and they were reposting it and so on. So like as of like 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, I was on Twitter just paying attention to the thread and seeing everything sort of drop. I appreciated that. I enjoyed the fact that it was I could tune into what content I was really interested in, what we were really interested in. And it was like very selective in that in that capacity because there was a lot. There was a lot that they announced today. But I do agree with you guys that I think that maybe a produced event that maybe highlighted some of the more uh, integral parts like the Marvel Studio announcement, like the the Pixar announcement, you know, emulate that investor day feel where right. it was giving a a moment to that studio to talk about um, upcoming projects um, and, and just frame it around it being sp specific to Disney Plus. I think that there could be a balance. I think that this was a good sort of, you know, alternate alternate sort of way of of having this event. Um, in comparison to the, you know, Netflix and, and the DC fandom. Uh, but I do think that there's still an opportunity to maybe incorporate some sort of produced, structured overview uh, so that each studio can really kind of showcase what it is that they want. But that being said, there was so much that was released today for the event. Well, we're not going to talk about everything, as I mentioned. Um, I thought we would just take this time to uh, give shout outs and highlights to some of the surprise and delightful announcements that we, we found on Twitter. But for our listeners who want to follow along or maybe check out what we're talking about, I'm going to link our uh, reference, which is the D23 website in the show notes. Uh, so you can uh, follow along and see what we're talking about uh but yeah kev let's let's start with you i mean i i've always been a fan of the baymax character and so yeah. the fact that uh, you know the character's getting his own show uh that yeah. looked like a lot of fun that looked like it had a lot of heart and that yep. was one that stood out for me yeah. for sure Again, yeah. another example of of just extending that character's life. Like I loved how we were able to were able to just kind of see more of him, right? Maybe it's not the surrounding characters of Big Hero Six, but Baymax, like that's exciting. Yeah, you kind of, um, you know, I think a lot of people watching the Baymax movie, you sort of forget his main directive, which right. is as a healthcare companion. Health. So to see that it's going to be yeah. focused around different patients with each episode <laughs> that he takes care of. Uh, and I love that moment where she's like, Borax! 
Genie turns the volume up. Um, that looks great, and I think I think it's again, it's a really cool sort of example, as you're saying, Justin, of how Disney and Pixar, how they're being a little bit more. Um, and we said it at the top of it with the Simpsons, a little bit more loose, you know, with the they're not they're not too tight with these things. They're sort of just saying, cool, let's just make some awesome stuff to keep this platform growing, um, and they keep doing it. And Baymax is another really great example of that. Well, the theme of retro cartoons seems to have been uh, quite prevalent at uh, the Disney Plus presentation, um, such as Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Now, now, Nate, you were saying offline, uh, based on, on what you were hearing, this is going to be a hybrid live action CG animated feature. And that kind of has you worried. I and that's what's that's honestly, I don't know how I feel about that. Like when John Mulaney comes on the, the video and Andy Samberg, I'm like, OK, this makes a lot of sense. I'm loving this. I'm digging this. But then they, they go into the fact that it is going to be hybrid live action CG. And I'm just like, why? Why don't we just do the like, I'm pretty sure there was a wasn't there like a Chippendale, like short series of shorts that came out on Disney Plus that was animated. Like, why not do that style? You know what I mean? Or why Maybe. not do like a like an Adventure Time style? It just with these depends. Characters? Yeah. An Adventure Time would be cool. Like, I, I could see that working you know? into it. I, I think that. As long as they don't go Alvin and the Chipmunks with this thing, then I'm I might be on board. But, but I just feel like you know there is some intrigue here with trying to translate these characters into live action with some CGI. It sounds somewhat interesting. I I just I can't wait to see Monterey Jack. What does he look like in live yeah, action? Yeah, yeah exactly. Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We so. can. That's our cosplay, Kevin. We figured it out. There we go. Nice. Yeah, there you go. Well, and I want I want like the what is it? The Lonely Island Boys. Is that Sandberg's yes. sort of? Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know that if they do the theme song, I think that ha, you know would be wicked. That would be pretty dope. That'd be pretty dope. Go and on. then another trailer uh, that I found interesting, more so for what it could mean rather than for the actual trailer itself but uh the proud family louder oh, and yeah. prouder yes i yeah. wasn't a huge proud family guy that was almost a bit past my time of one saturday morning uh but the idea that they could go back and revisit some of these shows from the one saturday morning lineup you know 20 years later i mean th that's limitless well, what they could do I, with that i was i was hoping we would see something for recess or even the weekenders but i, I am happy that they are bringing the proud family back and it looks like they've they've really added sort of a, a modern twist to it i think one of the coolest things that they nailed about this trailer was it looks how i remember it, remember it but yeah. i know that if i go back and watch the older like the the animation's not going to be as smooth as this so it's cool how they still manage to get the style but it's modernized and the characters are modernized you've got penny she's a bit older she's using a smartphone and it's it is interesting that like was there a like a sex joke at one point in there where the the you know her mm. parents they walk she walks in and they're switching clothes or whatever like I was I was a little like whoa okay all right edgy. so we've got we start the day with goofy drinking beer and then <laughs> we're showing the the edgy you know walk in on the parents scene in, in the proud family so I, I'm very um, I'm 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 excited for this series I'm excited to see how much they do with it if it goes beyond one season or not um, but yeah proud family was an awesome one but to your point Justin holy crap how cool would it be if we got recess like let's yeah go. like I would I would love I would love recess but I think it's also very very poignant for them to come out with proud family i think it's it's very much of a representation right. of families that 
are of today. So I think it's it's smart to do that. I, I do think Re- Recess would showcase diversity. It doesn't even need to be the same sort of characters. It could just be inspired by those characters, right? Like, sure, it could it yeah. could definitely be something of today. Yeah, maybe maybe Recess. the right maybe our you know original characters. You know, he's they're all grown up, right? And it's like, their kids <laughs> going to school. Like that would be great. That would be <laughs> yeah. great. Yeah, yeah, that would be cool. Another animated property that they seem to be bringing back is uh, Ice Age: uh, Adventures of Bu- of Buck Wild, uh, hitting Disney Plus. Th- this was a this was a really successful property for 20th centuries, and it totally makes sense as to why Disney would want to re revitalize it. Of course, money, dude. And you got Simon Pegg coming on to and coming back to do that character. I think is uh, a great choice. The animation looked very interesting. It looked different to you. Did it look different to you? Like it looked almost like a claymation but it's cg like it has the same sort of bright aesthetics i imagine they would go back to the same studio that that produced the the original one um mm-hmm. to kind of to go through it but there there is a lot more of a, a high definition clarity another one too tiana it looks like walt disney is going to be bringing in the the story uh I, I guess it's a it's a musical series is what it's described here uh in 2023 uh, Tiana sets off uh, on a grand adventure as a newly crowned princess of Maladonia. Yeah, you nailed uh, it. I think it, yeah. the best part about this long form musical series, which mm-hmm. is dope, because again, we're hearing so much about like they've got the new Zootopia Plus the short form series. We've got, mm-hmm. you know, again, Olaf Presents, we've got all these things. So to hear that they're actually going to be making it into a long form series where maybe these, you know, these episodes will be half an hour, potentially, potentially 40 minutes. I'm so down for that because I think that that character and I think that world is so underappreciated and I'm excited for them for to sure. have this resurgence, especially with the ride for coming sure. to Disney. Yeah, it makes a lot awesome. of sense, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I also think that it's just it's nice that because like Princess and the Frog felt like we were just in that world for s- such a short period of time. And it, and it was so rich with like, you know, the, the cultural references and, and just New Orleans just feeling so vibrant. Um, so I, I think that, yeah, this is a great way to kind of, again, as we re- mentioned, extend the life of these, find new ways to tell the stories with these characters so that they're not just one and done. So right on uh, par with that, uh, you got Zootopia Plus, I believe it is coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, that's still probably my favorite animated movie pixar or otherwise that disney's done in the last 10 years really? um, wow. oh, i love zootopia so much so i i can't wait to go back to zootropolis and and see different characters and adventures in that world totally and i think the other one that we haven't quite talked about yet uh it was it was a little short um and he'd be okay with me making that joke but getting to see the willow preview yeah. Um, with uh, well, I liked, War- I liked how Warwick, they did that. Yeah. Warwick, not Warwick, everyone. Just yeah, in that case was very educational. Yeah, that was very educational. I've always said Warwick Davis. Um, but I like that he agrees with me. By the way, that Solo isn't worth watching in comparison to other Star Wars movies. <laughs> um, no, but seeing him kind of go through the younger cast and that make fun of that one guy. What's that guy's name? Something Brick or something like with his shirt open. I'm like, who is this? Yeah, guy? yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. No, that was. I bet you that two-minute clip is funnier or, like, better written than the, the actual show or movie oh, would be, no. whatever it's going to be. <laughs> I mean, I've never really even been a fan of Willow, but yeah. just how much fun I had watching that two-minute clip, I'm definitely going to At go back, watch the movie, they, and, and then yeah. check out, you know. And, and it does seem like they've established that, you know, there's a comfortability with the cast. They had a lot of fun with this intro, so it was really cool to see. A bit different take from everything else. I thought the trailer for uh, The Beatles Get Back 
looked really interesting. I think the the, the Peter Jackson documentary, uh, I think that's going to be, that was one that wasn't really on my radar, uh, but then finally seeing a clip, it looks like it's just going to be sort of an unprecedented look at obviously one of the the most famous groups of all time. So that one, that one looks really cool. It's crazy how good it looks. I, I threw it on my TV and I brought my parents in and my mom was like, who, what are the actors that they're getting to play these guys? Because they look amazing. And I'm like, Mom, that's actual footage of the these people. And it's just, I, it's, I'm stoked for it. And I'm not even like a massive Beatles fan. I, I, I say I'm a fan of the Beatles, but I don't have like a ton of their merch and all that stuff, like I would with Star Wars and stuff like that. So, um, it's crazy how how hyped I am for that. And in the fact that Peter Jackson worked on it, um, you know, he's always so meticulous with everything he does. So um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, speaking of things that are dope, though, can we talk about Sneakerella? <laughs> I mean... Highlight of the show. Highlight like, of the announcements. <laughs> what <sure>. is... <laughs> like, that trailer reminded me of something that, like, someone's dad, who's, like, maybe his son is a sneakerhead or something, or their mom was, you know, there, and they're like, let's make a new version of Cinderella that'll appeal to the kids of today, the TikTok generation. I'm just, I'm blown away with it. Am I going to watch it? Probably. <laughs> but I don't know if it's going to be great. For sure. We'll have to wait and see uh, whenever that drops on Disney+. Plus. Again, all of the stuff that we've just covered and the stuff that we didn't cover, you can find on that D23 link in our show notes. But guys, let's move into our main attraction here. And uh, let's start talking about the specials that dropped on Disney+. Plus. Uh, we'll start with the Pixar special. Uh, this was a four-minute special that you could find on the streaming service. It was this tour around Pixar, and through that, they announced some of the new projects, starting with Cars on the Road. They're bringing them back. Again, I, you know, we were talking about it earlier, the extending the life, drawing more out of these characters and these properties and in snackable form. I think this is this is going to be fun. Like, I have gotten more used to cars now with my nephew because he just loves cars. So I'm not against it anymore. I was like, man, these are super childish. <laughs> you were going uh, in the opposite yeah. direction. You're reversing. Yeah, exactly. I'm yeah. reversing. Uh, yeah. I don't like number two, but I, I like one and three. So I think those are the better. Okay. better I, st- I still have never seen a Cars or a Planes movie Really? Yeah. Cars 1 is great. Yeah, Cars 1 is great. I watch that one with him the most, yeah. Yeah, and and again, I think they're going to kind of go the route of very short-form content with these. It's going to be great for kids, and I, I think they've got Larry the Cable Guy coming back, and wow, Owen Wilson jumping back into the role of Lightning McQueen. It's going to be fun, and, and I think the biggest thing is it is Pixar, and so you know that, like, no matter what you think of the Cars series, the quality is going to be there from a standpoint for of, sure, for sure, of yeah. just animation yeah. and, and, and getting into it. I think the biggest highlight that I'm actually really stoked for is that they're going to be making docs for Turning Red and Lightyear. Um, I loved Inside Pixar. And so to see more of what goes on at that studio, I am so amped for. And he, and, and he said two separate documentaries. So um, if it's if it's like a Marvel Assembled style sort of exactly. series or, or a Inside Pixar series or, or not necessarily a series, but like a, a, a whole documentary, that's going to be awesome. Yeah, if it's going to be a whole documentary. It's clear that Disney is not just putting, you know, their investment in their IP properties on the front facing side it's also on that behind the scenes style and i think audiences are generally appreciating this sort of behind the curtain look at, at how the things that they love to watch are being made which is why they have a whole streaming platform to showcase that and, and i think in the last two years they've done a really good job of actually putting out different pieces of content that celebrate the behind the scenes look so for sure and i 
I think it it even further emphasizes that if you're a collector of DVDs and Blu-rays, you don't need those anymore. Okay, you're behind the scenes. Disney's got it. Okay, just, wow. Just, that was Disney really Plus. insulting to Kevin. That's really <laughs> insulting to Kevin. Why? I haven't pulled out a DVD from my shelf right? for five years, probably. <laughs> so. yeah, exactly. They're more uh, of an accent to the shelf than they exactly. are. Exactly. Right? So, yeah, there you go. Exactly. But uh, for me, it was win or lose that really stood out. You know, at being a sports fan and growing up playing it and as a fan for my brothers, coaching, everything, I think it's it sounds like a really unique concept where you're going to sort of, uh, you know, see from the perspective of different people leading up to a big game. I just think that just sounds like such a fun idea. Pixar knows, again, how to pull those heartstrings. And if Ted Lasso has taught, taught me anything, I am in love with, with sports movies that at least involve a lot of heart and drama. And it sounds like that's what they're going to kind of dive into with, with each of these characters. I'm just, 2023 is so far away. I just, you know, get here sooner. But, I mean, we've got a lot to, to keep us busy. And <laughs> yes. I will say, getting to see Pete Docter walk through, like, walk over all over Pixar was, like, so Yeah, quaint. I want a tour of that place. Uh, right? Yeah. Can we yeah. get, find a way to go, go there? Do they offer tours? Like, let's go. Well, and I even wanted to ask if there's anything on Disney Plus that does sort of look at that campus. Uh, right. Because... I, I was like, I wanted to spend more time there, check out more buildings, and, and what a fun place that looks to work, you know? Yes, Inside Pixar does really take you through, you know, they've got the person that sort of keeps the property all managed yeah. and things like that, and she talks about all the different areas of it yeah. and stuff. So it is really, really a fantastic series show. if you yeah. haven't watched it already. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if you do kind of want that tour, while well, we unfortunately like can't go for a tour, or can anyone go for a tour? Maybe one day. Maybe one day they'll offer tours. 100%. One day we will be able to tour that place i'm sure when the world gets back to normal uh but that was it for pixar just a four minute special you can find that on disney plus um but let's move into the obi-wan kenobi sizzle reel now of all of these big name studios pixar lucasfilm and marvel lucasfilm had the smallest presence uh we already talked about the willow cast introduction hosted by warwick uh warwick and uh, other than that, we got a Obi-Wan Kenobi sizzle reel, which Hello there. did not disappoint. Um, yeah, this was this was no actual footage. This was storyboards, mood boards, whatever you want to call them. Uh, very well illustrated uh, elements, but a lot to dissect from them. Uh, Nate, why don't you start us off? What did you What did you notice? Yeah, I mean, listen, it's there's not too much to see. There's well, there's there's a little bit of concept art to get. Um, I just thought it was nice that they sort of provided clarification on a little bit of what we would get in the story, right? Like, I think mm -hmm. a lot of people were worried, especially because we know that Obi-Wan in this in this time frame is protecting a little baby Luke. And, you know, we just got two seasons of a story of a hero protecting a little baby. Do we need more of that storyline? And it sounds like, according to Deborah Chow, who's directing the series, um, you know, they're kind of going to be starting that way, but then getting away from it. And apparently it's going to be really interesting. They're going to dive into Anakin uh, and I I'm so stoked to see how Hayden Christensen does Darth Vader more than just the epic no <laughs> from episode three. Yeah, and another thing that stood out for me was I think, you know, we've, we've been talking about this and they've been talking about the potential for this for years. Um, but the fact that they've waited this long, you know, I noticed Ewan McGregor looked a bit older. And I think that helps for the character to sort of bridge the gap between the prequel movies and, you know, when we see him as a really old man in, in A New Hope. And so just mm -hmm. you and being 10 years older just gives him a bit more distinction in, in his look. 
And I'd love to see a time jump that way. You know what I mean? Maybe they do start off, they do a bit of CGI, they Irishman his face uh, a little bit, and uh, and we get to see him as his younger self. But then, yeah, and then bring in the grizzled, bring in the old, and maybe even oldify him up but just slightly. Um, I have a, a statue made by Sideshow. It's called the Mythos statue of Obi-Wan. It was uh, one of my favorite things that I've ever purchased at a convention. And, uh, and yeah, it's just like a, a really epic-looking version of Obi-Wan sort of grizzled and, and old and, and, you know, damage from the sand and, and stuff like that. So um, I think it's going to be really interesting to see, uh, especially how they use the rest of the cast, I think is going to be really, really cool. Um, but honestly, again, it's just all about the the, the Vader and uh, Obi-Wan reconnection. Yeah, that's 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 definitely... I, I, I'm still curious as to how they're going to justify some of the explanations, because again, it feels like very Rogue One-esque where it goes back on you know a very defining movie. But Nate, I'm surprised that you didn't point out the, the Inquisitor in the storyboard that is obviously from the game, uh, the video game with Cal Kestis, uh, Jedi Fallen Order. It looks like it's going to be the second sister. Well, I mean, Deborah Chow literally does say it's a dangerous time to be a Jedi, and there yeah. are people hunting Jedi, and that's when yeah. they cut to that that concept art. So That's what I, stood out I, for me. I think there's definitely, um, you know, I think looking at some of the casting, some of the some of the wonderful people they've, they've, they're looking to bring on, I think, honestly, Indira Varma, uh, she's on Game of Thrones for those who might remember her from there would be an amazing second sister I think she would be phenomenal that would be such a great choice it'll it'll be interesting to see though if will the games find a way to cross over into live action canon so you know that was that was a big takeaway but yeah the mood and the tone and the fact that Deborah Chow is is behind this uh, I wish we could have gotten at least a little bit more of a first look like I feel like it was still a bit lackluster a lot of people are saying oh they're saving it for celebration in in 2022 but it's like that's so far i mean it might come out the same month right like what a perfect way to sort of capitalize on that and celebrate that if they do push it to that exact time um right. if if celebration gets pushed again then i i guarantee they'll just they'll just pop it out but uh, for sure yeah yeah man yeah yeah very stoked for it though i'm st- I'm, yes, I'm very let's go you know, again, they only showcased one thing, and it definitely did serve up something uh, exciting to look forward to in terms of the Star Wars universe. So with that, we are out of the Star Wars universe, and let's move into our main attraction, which is the Marvel Cinematic Universe presentation. They gave us oh, a lot to man. look forward to. And, uh, you know, this 14-minute presentation, again, available on Disney+, Plus, started off as a bit of a recap, uh, sort of the journey thus far for Marvel on the Disney Plus platform. So it started with WandaVision, took us to the Falcon and Winter Soldier, took us to Loki, took us through What If, and brought us to right now where Hawkeye is uh, about to launch. Yeah, the, the I thought the recap to start was a great sort of reintroduction to all these stories. It made me want to go back and watch these shows again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it just 100%. reminded me of, of why we liked them so much. Um, but then once you start getting into that new stuff, whoo boy. Yeah, no, for sure. And and I get it. They, they The first part was served to be as a recap, a reminder of the journey that they've been on and where they're coming to. And with that, we got our first looks at Moon Knight, She-Hulk, and Ms. Marvel. But on top of that, they announced, with no first looks, Echo, Ironheart, and Agatha, House of Harkness. Let's go. What a name. What a it name. was her all along, Justin. <laughs> yeah, dude. It was it's her all awesome. along. Secret Invasion, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Yeah. But they didn't stop there. They also announced on their animation side 
uh, What If Season 2, Spider-Man fresh, Freshman Year, uh, I Am Groot, which is going to be like, I guess, uh, a series of shorts with, with Baby Groot, Marvel Zombies, which like 100% did not take them long to just greenlight an animated show for that, and right. my favorite, the highlight, and that is X-Men 97 with a Marvel Studios label attached to it. They are bringing back the iconic 90s timeline and new stories, same producer, potentially the same voice actors. And it better like, be the same theme song. Yeah, oh, 100%. That theme song is <laughs> already playing in May 10. I know, I know. It's already playing in his head. So much, so much. Right? Is the, This is how, this is our first taste of X-Men officially in from Marvel Studios, but not necessarily in the MCU, correct? Yeah, yeah, correct. This is a wildly successful 90s cartoon that helped establish the X-Men, and they're continuing with where they left off. Uh, I actually did a rewatch of the entire series, and definitely some of those classic ones hit, but some of them are tough to get through. So, you know, they, they definitely don't all age appropriately, uh, and they don't feel right. Uh, but what I think is nostalgic about it is the idea that they're they're focusing on a pocket of X-Men history and they're going to extend that. I'm I'm excited to see what this is going to look like though. This is this is pretty cool. I'm stoked to see some high definition. Right. And just like what I said with the Proud family, like I hope that yeah. they they find a way to just match the style but it's updated and it looks clean and crisp and, and beautiful. Um, and also, I think it, the fact that it, it, it's 97, I imagine that's when the story will take place. So it's going to kind of be a blast from the past, if you will, right? Sure. So, yeah, so from the live action side, Echo. We haven't even really been introduced to this character yet. Uh, we know she's coming in in Hawkeye, but already they're, they're going all in and they're saying we're, we're going to do a, a series here. Well, I think it's super cool. I mean, we literally just finished our Eternals uh, reviews and I kind of mentioned I was like I would love a, a whole series with a deaf Marvel character and that's what we're gonna get a Native American uh, Cheyenne Nation um, her name is Maya Lopez uh, and she's born deaf and it's 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 pretty dope she uh, her father is Kingpin Wilson Fisk mm -hmm. and so you know I think if we get a trailer for this series and D'Onofrio's in there that confirms our Daredevil connection. That confirms that we're going to bring those characters in. Am I wrong? Bro, no, I, I, I 100% agree. I think that um, that kind of explains why there's people that have been saying that Vincent D'Onofrio might make an appearance in Hawkeye. Be crazy, dude. Uh, oh, man. Which would be so smart just because of the street level style. You know, we didn't get a Daredevil announcement, but, uh, you know, this was kind of, in a way, a sort of nod to maybe where they're going. Yeah. Now, something we got a bit more from, and it was still just a quick shot of the character, but I'm suddenly excited for Secret Invasion. Oh, which, my gosh. Which I wasn't really, it wasn't really registered that and, much with me. And but patchless, bearded and patchless. Grizzled looking Sam wow. Jackson. Yeah. yeah. Now, Old is man that, Fury. Is that Fury or is it a scroll? Well, who knows, man? I don't see them taking one of our mainline heroes and and scrollifying them, but I definitely could see, you know, like uh, some of the, some of these other uh, an more ancillary characters, right? Your, you know, your Maria Hills. Like, how cool would it be if this is how we get Clark Gregg as Phil Coulson back? You know, he's just a scroll, <laughs> but it's it's the same actor, it's the same character, even, True. but it's actually a scroll. Like I think that would be a really cool way for them to to bring that guy back in because I miss I miss I miss Phil so much. <laughs> I want him back. 
Phil for life, for sure, bro. Um, anyways, let's move into uh, talking about this this first look footage because it, it's pretty outstanding. So after that beautiful recap, it took us right into first Hawkeye. So I, yep. I feel like they're building chronologically in this in this recap the order in which we're intended to see these release. So obviously mm-hmm. Hawkeye was next. There was a big chunk that was to Hawkeye where less of a trailer and a sizzle reel, but more of like a highlight of a scene. Sure, a first look. Yeah, a scene, a clip, right? And what a scene. Holy yeah. cow. That was some of the best action we've ever seen from an MCU show, I think. Like just the, the level of filmmaking that went into that. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited to see it after seeing that first look. Haley Steinfeld looks great. Their their banter together, the way the music played, the way that they did some of the camera. Oh, it was just it was fantastic. It gave us everything that we would hope for for the series, like just to get excited about. And I love that they're placing it around Christmas. Like it just yeah. fits so much more. And you know what? Like spoiler alert for our review for Home Sweet Home Alone. That did not give me my Christmas fix. So I'm excited that I'm getting my Christmas fix from Hawkeye. Uh, over a new Home Alone movie, but uh, yeah, man, it it looks phenomenal, and 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 they they were playing off of each other so well. Um, yeah. So I'm stoked that that's not going to be because you you kind of have that fear of uh, how is their chemistry going to be throughout the throughout the entire series, sure. and this just raised my confidence level so much for the show. Yeah, I'm very excited to see it. It's it's coming out later this month, so we'll we'll be watching it soon. Uh, but right from after Hawkeye, we went into our first look at Moon Knight. Uh, this looks fantastic. Oscar Isaac looks like he's playing a variety of characters. Yeah, you hear you hear the different voices, right? You hear yeah. the British cabbie. You've got his normal voice. He's almost got like a Batman style voice at one point. Oh, yeah. Um, you see him just beating on a dude, and I Batman think it's, it's, vibes like that right? was total huge Batman vibes. Batman vibes. And it yeah. looks dark. Yeah. It looks. It looks. I love how in the trailer you see they sort of. Um, I mean, we just came off of last night in Soho, and yeah. the way that reflections are used in that movie yep. are phenomenal. And you get the same thing sort of here, where you see him move, but his reflections move differently, just differently, really yeah. highlighting and 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 slamming it in that that yes, he he does suffer from from dissociative identity disorder. So it's. I'm I'm really excited to see just how violent they might go with this character um, and also just how much they would go into his psyche and into his mind. And I, I think that was those are some of my favorite parts of like Doctor Strange uh, and, and you know, certain aspects of Loki. And I, I'm excited to see sort of how they play off of that with uh, with Moon Knight. Yeah, for sure. I, I would actually say it's probably going to be more like WandaVision. Like, it has such a point of view perspective. It feels like he doesn't know what to believe. Very much like sure. Wanda, right? Tr- questioning her own reality, questioning her own her own mind frame. I think that those those aspects from that, that show are, are going to find their way over. But to your point about the violence, I think this is, you know, if they do kind of lean a little bit more, this does allow for things like Punisher daredevil to sort of cross over very much so we're gonna have blade which i think might lean into that sort of dark dark sort of vibe as well and yeah it 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 gave us enough but i wanted more like i seriously wanted more i just want a trailer for this thing right and i'm imagining i'm imagining it'll probably be it's it looks like it's gonna be the first of 2022 it'll either be that or or i guess miss marvel right like i'm pretty sure that was also on on no that's that's been pushed to summer 2022 I yeah. didn't know that. That was okay. announced just just the other day, actually. So next up, we have She-Hulk. This one, uh, again, they seem to have shown enough that gets you excited without giving away anything really integral. Like there's still an anticipation around her look. 
I mean, but the 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 quick glimpse that you get, I mean, Tatiana um, Maslany, Maslany looks incredible. Yeah. Um, like just the the one shot from behind of her legs, and it was just like, oh yeah, I'm in. It, Let's go. And it doesn't look like it's gonna be bothersome. You know what I mean? Like there's certain aspects about even seeing Ruffalo's Hulk in, in his smart Hulk form, like where you sort of it kind of it gets to you after a little while. It's not too bad. Um, it's certainly not you know Eric Eric Bana <laughs> like the old style. Sure. Um, but it's at least with this, like she looks. It looks very natural. Uh, from the glimpse that we saw of her. And it makes me excited that we'll, you know, I hope that we'll get to see a lot of her hulked out. You know what I mean? I could see them maybe scaling that back, but I would sure. love to see her just sure. stay hulked out for the majority of the yeah. series. Yeah, but as as I understand it, you know, uh, she kind of gets a lesser version of his Hulk condition. So, like, she's, you know, a bigger, larger, powerful version of herself, but, like, green-hued. So I imagine that, you know, that's kind of, like, we're going to see her hulked out fairly consistently or on a regular basis throughout the series. Darcy would know. I, Darcy would know 100%. <laughs> and I'm wondering if that's why we see that test. You know, these tests are to instigate, you know, anger and aggression. So, you know, be prepared. And maybe because that's how Banner thinks that this is supposed to happen. And then it happens in another way. Who knows? But it, it, it was enough that I'm, I'm excited to see what's going to happen. And yeah, the look, I like that they lean into that sort of very athletic style look to to She-Hulk where she has like the sneakers and she's very you know modernized and it'll be interesting to see her like stumble into a a courtroom all hulked out yeah like, you know what I mean like will wearing, she have like, a her, will her she have a suit outfit. that fits right like yeah you know, yeah who knows who knows made. right so so right from there we go into our last first look of this special and that is for Miss Marvel which is, you know, again, has, is, as I was mentioning before, has, has been delayed to summer of 2022. So it's, it's going to come out in the later part of the year. Um, I think I'm excited for this one uh, uh, out of all three of them the most. Really? Really? Yeah. This is the one that yeah. I, I'm least interested in after, after <laughs> yeah. getting a look at it. Yeah. yeah. Just, it yeah, just feels they... a bit, uh, a bit more juvenile. I don't know. It just, it just, I, I, I like her character. I, I think that there's, there's a lot of strength in introducing a character like this now in the MCU who's a fan of the Avengers and wants to be her own hero. And, you know, she's a relatively new hero that was introduced to Marvel Comics. I, I think it was the early 2000s. Um, yeah, because, I mean, what I know of her is really only from the, the Square Enix uh, video game um, where she's she's focused on th throughout the campaign of that, that game. But Kamala Khan's sort of fandom of the Avengers, it, it's on display in this in this teaser footage that we got you see her at one point she's cosplaying at a convention and you can see some other people in the back like one of them's dressed as iron man one of them's dressed as captain america or whatever and so um i think that's going to be really really fun for them to sort of really play on that and play that up i think anytime that the marvel cinematic universe has been self-referential it's always been so delightful from a comedic standpoint and i think that could be how maybe they pull you in kevin a little bit more because i know you're a big fan of that kind of comedy yes absolutely no that's a, that's a good call in that regard and I mean, Iman Vellani, um, like, how dope is that for a young Canadian actor like herself to, so to good. be pulled into yeah. the MCU like that? Um, yeah. I, I'm really excited to see, you know, her chops. And I, I do agree with you, Kevin. I think it does look a little bit more um, sort of 
CW high Sneakerella. school sort of it doesn't, look, it, doesn't look, it doesn't look as bad as Sneakerella. Um, but I think I think where we are going to maybe get a little bit of that. I still think because this is part of our mainline MCU, they're going to pull it back in. It's going to feel very much like how WandaVision subverted some people's expectations with the look and tone of the beginning of that show, and then near the end of it, really just felt oh no no, no this absolutely is the the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I can I can definitely see that. I think maybe it was the contrast in tone from something like Moon Knight sure. that, that <laughs> right that's after why one it another. just looked so yeah. yeah, it just it just very contrasting totally. in that regard. Yeah, I, I think I think putting it after She Hulk was a good idea in the sense that it, it kind of showcases the lighter side of, of the MCU, yeah. but also like it feels like the story is gonna be a coming of age story for Ms. Marvel. For someone to be a fan of the Avengers and now find her own right of being a hero, I, I feel like that's really gonna play well in this yeah. story. From a cultural standpoint, being that she's, you know, American Pakistani and the fact that she's female, I think this is just the right time i think it's going to be interesting to see how she gets her powers and i'm wondering if that there's going to be a correlation between how she got her powers and how monica rambo got her powers some sort of similar experience because there's a moment where i think she's not on a dance floor or something but she's like hovering and there's this like illuminating blue glow around her that felt very similar to what we saw in wandavision with monica rambo as she walked through the the hex so i'm still going um, off my theory dude that everyone who got snapped got powers and that's how they bring in the mutants. I, I'm just saying, man, that would make so much sense to to bring them in that way and and to say that's how that happened. It just would work. It would work, dude. Sure. Interesting to note how different each of those four shows look, while also seeming to fit into the same universe. It's amazing that they, they they're able to reinvent their style for each of these shows to make them unique while also fitting into the larger MCU umbrella. It's amazing. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And I think it just goes without saying there's a lot to look forward to. That's coming to Disney plus. Well, that is it for our recap of Disney plus day. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. And of course, if you could, Give us a glowing review of five stars. If only if, if we deserved it, of course. And I can find the stars wherever they may be on your screen. Um, but we would love to know what you are excited for of all the stuff that was announced uh, today at Disney Plus Day. What are you excited to see? Is it something from Marvel? Is it something from the animation side? Or is it any of those teen heartthrob shows? You can let us know at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Also, if email is far too formal for you you can reach out to us on twitter at geekcentricyt or reach out to us on instagram at we are geekcentric keep in mind we do have a ton of other episodes covering a variety of other content as we've already mentioned in this episode we got our eternal spoiler free review out there we got an interview with liam McHugh out there and uh we also have a spoiler free review for home sweet home alone uh, a Disney Plus Day premiere. Uh, it's out now that you can watch and listen to our spoiler-free before. I s- just just listen to the spoiler-free before. It's 14 minutes. It will not take you that long. You'll be happy you did. Um, <laughs> also, we got a lot of good stuff coming down the pipeline. We will be covering one of the series that we talked about today, Hawkeye. It's going to be hitting Disney Plus on November 24th, but hoping that we'll be able to post a review beforehand just to give you our thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Our spoiler free reactions, uh, as always, see if it lives up to the hype. I'm, I'm, I'm having a feeling it will. Um, but until then, 
as we say. Love ya. Get home safe, guys. Peace.